Hello and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast in which we're going to review the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. My name is Adam Williams and I'm joined by our regular guests, Jimmy and Joe. Joe has just been playing us Wonderwall amongst other things on his guitar and that was a pleasure but so was the Grand Prix and that's what we're going to discuss. First of all, I'm going to get you both to rate the race out of 10 just quickly and then we'll get into more depth so jimmy i'll start with you what are you going to rate the azerbaijan grand prix uh, unfortunately only about a six okay are you going to give a reason for that i just thought it was quite a boring race and uh, hold on a minute before you say that <laughs> before you have a go let me up until the sappens crash then it got very interesting which was five laps to go yeah no fair enough but six is still above average. So it was still an above average race, despite it being boring. Yeah. I think Baku shall take that. Joe, are you going to be more generous or? Yeah, I think objectively it's got to be about an eight, surely, given what happened. I mean, obviously I enjoyed it about a two by the end. But I mean, yeah, nah. as an actual race, I think it's got to be high up. Well, it's, it's always either really exciting or really boring in Baku. There's, what's that, five races we've had there. Mm. And they're either very, very careful not to crash into each other. But I think I think Jimmy's right that this, this weekend, the, the only time that there were crashes were due to tyre failures. Mm. And that made it exciting. Uh, but you don't just need crashing for a good race and a good story. And that's what we got so... In a nutshell, what actually happened in Baku? Charles Leclerc showed his and Ferrari's pace around the streets. Once again to qualify on pole position, Lewis Hamilton surprised everyone to recover from a poor Friday for Mercedes to finish, or not to finish, to start second, with Valtteri Bottas, his teammate, starting a lowly 10th place. Max Verstappen, the favourite for the race, arguably, qualified third with his teammate Perez, starting in sixth place. As the lights went out, it was all rather sensible. With little drama taking place, Hamilton and Red Bull clearly had the pace advantage over Leclerc, taking the top three positions during the opening laps. A slow pit stop for Hamilton, though, meant that uh, Perez and Verstappen were able to take the lead, bumping the Brit down to third place. He was pitting due to a high-speed tyre failure for Lance Stroll, which Jimmy might have alluded to earlier. Um, Perez did well to withhold the pressure from Hamilton throughout the second stint, but Verstappen controlled the race quite brilliantly with a mature drive, right up until he had the second tyre failure of the day with just a handful of laps to go. This brought out a red flag, but when the race restarted, Hamilton scythed down the inside of Perez for the lead, but in doing so, he mistakenly hit a magic switch, which turned off his rear brakes. Not so magic, causing him to lock up, run wide, and fall to the back of the pack. Heartbreak for the leaders became heaven for Perez, who took his second win for Red Bull. No, his first win for Red Bull and second win in Formula 1. And he also was joined by fellow formerly rejected drivers by their former teams on the podium. That's a mouthful. Sebastian Vettel and Pierre Gasly. Well done, Baku. There was another cracker. There may be no change at the top of the championship, but plenty to discuss. 
So let's get on with it. First of all, what I can't believe is this is the first time since Japan 2013 that neither Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas or Max Verstappen has scored a point in a Grand Prix. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, um, you know, we've all seen the uh, predictable ham bot, the timing uh, screen that we get seemingly every race and all of a sudden not a single one of them scores a point. Uh, certainly shows that it's been an eventful race. Yeah, definitely. And you think about that in more detail. Verstappen was karting in 2013. <laughs> Hamilton was in his first year with Mercedes and Bottas was in his first year in F1. So it shows the class of those three drivers or, or their teams um, or, a, or a mixture of both. But it also shows quite how mad this race was. I can't believe you gave it a six, Jimmy. Yeah, I just, I, uh, I'll explain further on in the, the, the podcast, but I think, I thought that Mercedes would potentially be closer. I thought that Lewis got himself sorted with the setup. Um, but yeah, he couldn't touch the Red Bulls, unfortunately, by the looks of things during the race, which was a shame. We'll get into it then. Uh, so, Jimmy, do you want to begin by telling us who your biggest winner of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix was? Um, probably, well, certainly Perez. I thought he, he drove a fantastic race, to be fair to him. I know um, he wouldn't have won if Max was still running. And it looked, if Hamilton had sort of sorted his brakes out, um, he probably wouldn't have won. However, he did come from sixth to third or th sixth to second. Um, and he drove a very uh, good race. And um, especially with a, a track like Baku, it's very rear limited, meaning that you can easily spin up your tyres. Um, and it just shows that Perez has got that sort of tyre management um, down to a T, and he he really showed himself to be a really good uh, all-round driver, and and really really good for Red Bull as well. Yeah, definitely. And you forget, looking back at Sergio Perez's career, that he could well have had a different turn early on, meaning that he could have had more wins by now. Uh, he he nearly won in Malaysia 2012 in the wet if I if I remember correctly he said that it would take five races for him to get up to speed and that's exactly what it was after uh, race number six he's already a winner for Red Bull and building on that I've put Red Bull as my biggest winner of the race weekend um, it showed that they, they've made the right decision yes Gasly is good now but he wasn't good enough for Red Bull back when he was racing for them Albon he's doing well now in his uh, reserve driver role but he wasn't good enough to be Max Verstappen's rear gunner Sergio Perez clearly has thicker skin and more experience on his shoulders and is really showing in the way that he's approached this season and yeah I think Red Bull are in a really good position to take this title fight to Mercedes it's a long season but they're in a good place to do it I think on what you guys just said, though, um, maybe a couple races ago, um, and it's, it's one of the reasons Perez is such a big winner this week, is that he's exactly where you want him to be if you're Red Bull. Because, you, do, as Jimmy said, he wasn't challenging Max, but I don't think Red Bull really want him to. They want him to be there to pick up the pieces if something goes wrong for Max, which is, and, and hold up Lewis 
if something doesn't go wrong for Max, which he did do. Do you want to give your biggest winner? Uh, for the sake of difference, I'll say uh, Seb Vettel. Um, you know, amazing drive, 11th to 2nd. That's impressive in pretty much any car, never mind a car that's def- that definitely wasn't anywhere near the fastest car. I know he took advantage of the chaos, but I certainly think to see the the start to the season he had, we were all fearing for him, you know, could this be it for Seb? Two really good results in a row, podium now. So, great winner. And we were just talking about Perez having a good race and now he needs to prove it again. And we were saying a similar thing about Sebastian Vettel in Monaco. Yes, he's done well in Monaco. This could be the start of something, but he actually needs to go and do it. And now that's two Driver of the Day awards that he's got now in Mm -hmm. two consecutive weekends. He's in a happy place, isn't he? Yeah, um, and that that's where I think we all hoped that would be we'd see him thrive in a happy place, you know, going to a bit of a smaller team. We hoped that we'd see him sort of enjoy fighting for, you know, fifth place or even a podium. That's where we wanted to see him. And now he's doing that. Yeah, we all love a happy Seb. Joe, I, I appreciate where you're coming from. I suppose Jimmy and I we could say that our our award can come as one, Sergio Perez and Red Bull. So while I recognise that Sebastian Vettel is a huge winner from this, I think big picture-wise, Red Bull and Perez could be the biggest winners coming out of this. So I think that's what we're going to go with there. Okay, so that's our biggest winner, but now our biggest loser. And I've got to say, it kind of goes with what we put through there as our biggest winner is it's the opposite. Valtteri Bottas. He wasn't at the races. I know he was doing a lot better than Hamilton last weekend in Monaco, but he was only 10th in qualifying. He didn't get a decent lap in and he was stopped by the red flags, but still you'd expect a better lap from him. Um, and then in the race, he didn't even finish in the points. He managed to go backwards despite people in front of him, including Max and Lewis falling off the track it's not really acceptable and when we talk about Perez doing exactly what Red Bull will need from a a number two driver Valtteri Bottas needs to be fighting Sergio Perez once Lewis has made his mistake with the magic button or at least being following or at least be following him home in second place to get a good points haul so I'm gonna have to go with Valtteri Bottas and it's hard for me because I've been someone that kind of says, let's not get too trigger happy and say, no, George Russell needs to replace Valtteri Bottas because I've I've always seen Valtteri Bottas as doing a good job. And this may be another blip, but he's already had Imola and now uh, Azerbaijan as off weekends for him. So he does need to sort it, sort out his form because otherwise... Mercedes are going to be in a position where, yep, they're going to uh, go with George Russell and Valtteri Bottas. Maybe he'll go to Williams. I don't see anywhere else that he can realistically go. Um, It's a bit of a shame for him. He's a good guy and the weekend didn't start well either. He he couldn't even fly out from Finland to go to the Mm. go to the track. So I think I think that that was a, a bad start and it continued. Anyway, Jimmy. 
Who have you got as your biggest loser? Are you going to agree or disagree? Uh, I'm afraid I'm going to disagree uh, on this one. No. I, <laughs> I, I think that the biggest loser for me uh, was Hamilton. Um, Mercedes hadn't shown pace all weekend. Hamilton went with a different setup, setup to Bottas uh, and it looked like it worked. Um, in qualifying, he could have gotten to pole potentially, but in the race, they just didn't have any pace whatsoever. Um, and to think that Hamilton could have won that race very easily if he hadn't flicked that switch. And, you know, he could have been 20 points ahead of Max Verstappen. And in the grand scheme of things, and, you know, trying to win the championship, it might turn out to be absolutely crucial. Um, and it, that could be a championship demine, a, a defining, defining moment uh for for uh for hamilton um so yeah i'm gonna go with hamilton for this one although i do think bottas had a shocker of a race um unfortunately with max verstappen out he had all that time to think about what he was going to do in those next two laps and wasn't he quoted on the radio as saying this is a marathon not a sprint yeah and then yeah it was all a bit unfortunate really for him so it's a good shout lewis I think maybe it's it's like a nil-nil draw with Hamilton and Verstappen. Neither of them scored any points, but neither of them lost any to the other side. So as big a miss as it was from Lewis, because Max was also out of the race and out of the points, it's kind of not good fortune, but it's good timing to mess up that badly, if you like. Anyway, Joe, what are you thinking about Jimmy's decision to put Hamilton as the biggest loser. I disagree for the reason that I think this race and and Monaco as well actually were always damage damage limitation weekends for Mercedes and I actually think Lewis would have been quite happy coming in third this weekend behind Max and Sergio. And obviously he's going to have been gutted to miss out on what would have been a win if he hadn't flipped that switch, I think. Um, You know, I think he'd pretty clearly got ahead. But as far as the championship's concerned, if if you're taking it as a two-horse race, which I think we all are, he's actually better off at the end of the race than he was on lap 47, which I think he would have been quite happy with the result. So I don't think he can be the biggest loser based on that. He's not lost any points to Max Verstappen, and he was going to lose. He was going to, yeah, he was going to lose eleven points to Max Verstappen in the championship. So he's happier than he was four laps from the end, in theory. But yeah, so that's why I don't think Hamilton's the um, biggest loser from the week. And I'm actually going to say Max Verstappen is the biggest loser from this week. And I know he did. He did basically everything perfectly in the race he drove a great race and it's through no fault of his own but this championship's gonna come down to similar to 2018 where you have to win at the tracks where your car is faster lewis won in spain and portugal where the mercedes was faster max now hasn't won two of the races where his car's been faster I know Lewis finished even lower down on one of the races where his car has been faster, so he lost some points. But if he's going to win this championship against Lewis, he's going to have to win the races where he's faster. Um, so I think it's a... Obviously, it's not his fault, but he's still the biggest loser, I think, because he's not won a race where he's the fastest. Do you think, though, that you need to think about the emotional side and the 
the the mental side. Oh no! Of, co- of course he's going to be. Of of course he's actually going to be more upset because he's made a mistake, and that's big. Max, Max Verstappen will know that he didn't make the mistake, but Lewis mm-hmm. did. Yeah. And give, given the the toing and, and throwing that's going on in the media between those two at the moment, that could be a little bit of a mm-hmm. dig that Max Verstappen has on him. In fact, I saw. Uh, Verstappen either said today or yesterday to some publication uh, in in the Netherlands that even if he was in the Mercedes, he would be two tenths ahead of Hamilton. He made that comment, which is interesting. I I don't know whether it would be true or not, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, obviously. I think I think another point on the mental side is it probably would have been worse if if it had been him locking up as opposed to basically hitting a switch you know i think i saw somewhere that he had at the time there was someone took a screenshot and he had 86.5 percent front brake bias at the time of the first corner so there's no doubt that it wasn't driver error in terms of you know he missed his braking point which would have been a far worse mistake to make i think he just left a switch on so um yeah, obviously it'll be more heartbreaking, and I've taken the uh, cold calculating machine approach. But maybe if you're going to win a championship as a driver, you've got to be a cold calculating machine and try and cut out all the emotional side to it. It's a good shout. I'm willing to go with that. Uh, if if you're all right to go with that, Jimmy. I think so. Yeah. Okay, good. So we'll stick with you now, Joe, so that you can tell us about your moment of the weekend. Well, I think I'm going to have to say that it was Lewis going straight on after the restart. I think that was a huge moment in terms of the championship, in terms of the drama of the race. You know, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it, a race starting with two laps to go and, you know, a driver going for the lead and going straight off and... Whether you're pro-Lewis or anti-Lewis, it was a huge moment. Um, I obviously hated it, but I can't argue the drama of the moment. It was it was quite funny that um, I'd listened to the Channel 4 and the Sky Sports F1 commentary, and on both of them, the, the co-commentator screamed. Yeah. <laughs> be it Mark <laughs> Webber or Paul DeResta, both of them screamed. Yeah. <laughs> and that was most F1 fans around the world. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine yep. huge, and I think it is quite cool that they they restarted that race because it could have been quite easily put under a, a safety car for the last few laps, and then the race finished like that. But no one wants to see a race finished neutrally. Mm-hmm. You you want to see risk, you want to see excitement, and that brings me on to my moment at the race, which happened just after. Lewis had gone on, and that was the big battle for third place between two good mates in Pierre Gasly and Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc had started on pole, as I mentioned, and he managed to get past Gasly initially at the beginning of the last lap, but Gasly managed to then take it back and take the podium, and it was well-deserved for both both of them, really, but Pierre Gasly took the honours and fair play to him. I loved seeing that that kind of battle and Lando Norris nearly got involved as well. He's done well with another fifth place finish. McLaren had a quiet weekend compared to other drivers and teams, but he's got another solid points haul, so fair play to him. Jimmy, 
Speaking of exciting, what was your moment of the weekend? Um, it would probably be the first lap, I would say, with Alonso overtaking three or four cars. I thought uh, it, it shows that he still has it. Um, and yeah, I thought that was a, was a brilliant moment to sort of show that he's still got good racecraft. Yeah, definitely. Did Alonso finish sixth? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so good result he's had a, another solid mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. Someone should give him some kind of um, honourable mention. Did you give him an honourable mention, Joe? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> well, why don't you tell us about why in more detail? Um, well, I gave him a bit of a slating last week. I said he was getting massively outperformed by uh, Esteban Ocon, and then he pulls a sixth place out of the bag, um, you know, and he, he overtook like three cars after the restart. Um, some really good overtakes as well. The one on Sonoda was really clever. Um, you know, it shows that he's still got it. What is he, 40 now? Um, and nearly. yeah, nearly. And yeah, he's still got it. Um, and I'd, lo- I'd love to see him get the car to show his skills off because, you know, I think all t- you know, he's one of the all time greats, isn't he? So, yes, definitely. And someone that we've grown up watching Formula One and thought, wow, he's mm-hmm. good. And he can get the best out of any car that he drives in. Unfortunately, he's been unlucky to be in the wrong place at the wrong time in terms of teams, just as they're going downhill. But hopefully, Alpine is a little bit of a different story now that he's restarted his career as a rookie again. Speaking of pure class and brilliance and a driver of their generation, I know I know we've already talked about him as the biggest winner, uh, as argued by Joe, but Sebastian Vettel is my honourable mention. Uh, he's just great, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's doing well, he's happy. We've said all we need to say on that. Jimmy, who's your honourable mention? Exactly the same as you. Uh, I thought it's a really nice... Although I didn't particularly like him at Ferrari, especially a few years back when he crashed into Hamilton at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix uh, for no apparent reason. Uh, I've actually warmed to him quite a lot uh, and it's really nice to, for him to come second in the race and I think it's fully deserved as well. Yes, definitely. Uh, so that was quite a quick round, but I'm going to stick with Vettel because you could you could probably just make a separate award for Vettel's quote of the week because he always comes out with something good. But my AJ on the line, line of the week, comes from Sebastian Vettel who, bless him, he was he was happy with second, but he was happy for Perez who had won the race and he said... Uh, uh, Feliz Navidad or whatever they say. He was trying to say uh, whatever congratulations is in Spanish. I'm not going to embarrass myself. I think it's Felicitación or something like that. But anyway, I just I just like that little play on words. Isn't that a song and as well? Oh, sorry, I don't Feliz Navidad. Yeah. It is a song. Christmas it, song, it means happy it? Christmas in Spanish. So, yeah. Why is he saying happy Christmas to Sergio Perez then? Because he's making a joke, Jimmy. Oh, I see. Very funny. Sorry. Yeah, I was a bit slow. He's got you in his German wit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He had Jimmy on the ropes there. Jimmy, what is your AJ on the line, line of the week? Uh, My AJ line of the week was when Toto was talking to uh, the Sky Sports F1 team about Christian Horner. 
and he calls Christian Horner a windbag who likes the cameras, which I thought was just fantastic because he is, to be honest. Um, and I, you know, you chaps know that I'm not a great fan of Christian Horner. And um, yeah, he's a funny man, uh, Toto, and that made me laugh. So that's my AJ on the line, line of the week. Thank you, Jimmy. And there, there is more and more friction taking place between those two, isn't there? Yeah, I love it. It's brilliant. Do you think that Drive to Survive are going to hype <laughs> it up anymore? Or? Yeah, I think we should get someone to poke them every, every weekend to see what they say. Stir it up a bit. Go to Christian. Well, that's the media. Yeah, perfect. We need more of that because it, it makes brilliant television. They should have like a debate like they do for like general elections with Christian and Toto together. That would be phenomenal. Oh, that would be great. It would, yeah. Be blockbuster. Can you imagine that? Joe, who would win? Gotta be Toto. Has to be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, not only does he talk like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's about <laughs> six foot seven. I don't know. But yeah. I would not want to get in it. I would not want to get in a scrap with Toto Wolf. I reckon I could take Christian Horner though. <laughs> no. And and what was your AJ on the line line? Of I'm the not week? sure you can call it a line more AJ on the line noise of the week. But we touched on it earlier. It was uh, Mark Webber's primal scream as uh, as Lewis Hamilton went the wrong way. Um, I think it. You know. Is what you want when you're watching any sport is to be uh, is to be up on your screen uh, up on your up on your screen. You want to be up on your feet making noises that you don't know where you've come from. I can't I can't stop watching the noise. To be honest, they posted it on the F1 Twitter earlier, and you can see him leaping up and just screaming. <laughs> and I can't stop watching it. So and. And Channel 4 tweeted just after they played that and said, for the, for all of those asking on Twitter, yes, that was Mark yeah. Webber. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost, yeah, before I'd watched it, I almost assumed he'd fallen off his chair or something. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was excellent. It's just great, isn't it? Live sport, you can't beat it. Now, let's have a bit of a chat about our predictions because we we gave ourselves a hard time in that we knew nothing about anything um last week or something of that ilk but we didn't do too badly jimmy called it that sergio perez was going to win and what happened he won he did win yeah. i did predict that charles leclerc was going to win he was on pole he won qualifying we'll give you that that's what you meant all along isn't it as a unit we did well and i know i didn't formally make this prediction but i do think joe can back me up in that i messaged him on sunday morning and said pierre gasly will be on the podium i do have a i can take screenshots if you'd like that that doesn't work as well on a podcast Uh, i can send it to every listener just as proof if if any listeners require proof i'll personally screenshot them the text yeah feel free to (laughs) feel free to write in. in contact with the show but yeah all in all we did quite well but did we also jinx anyone did we say that Hamilton was going to win? I, I assume Surely. Jimmy must have said that along with uh, along with Paris. No, I think I did get a bit yeah. muddled up in the last podcast about the, <laughs> the sort of uh, what you call it uh, the order. You know, the, but hopefully it won't be the same this time because I've preempted them. Uh, okay, brilliant. So, given that you're ready, why don't you give your sensible prediction for the French Grand Prix, Jimmy? Sensible prediction. Uh, I think a Mercedes 
win with Hamilton. Seems reasonable. Yeah, I think it's a strong track for them. Um, so I think they'll do well. Uh, it's a, it'll be quite interesting because I think it'll also be a strong track for um, Red Bull because they've got a better chassis this year. Um, but I still think Mercedes will be will be winners. It's going to be immensely close. Uh, Joe, what's your sensible prediction? Uh, I also would say Mercedes are going to return to form because it's a much more flowing type of circuit. Um, if I was going to be pessimistic, I'd say a very safe prediction is a boring race, you know. No, I was going to predict that. <laughs> I would. Um, but yeah, well, it's just... Uh, it's, it's not exactly known for its thrillers, is it, Paul Ricard? No. Um, yeah, so I'm going to second that with with my boring prediction. It's going to be a boring race. That's really got us fired up for that. We but, said Spain. We, everyone was saying Spain, boring track, no overtaking. Got a got a good strategy battle. So may, maybe the uh, maybe the pit crews will um, treat us to something special. Jimmy, why don't you think outside the box on AJ on the line and give us your bold prediction? I think my AJ on the line bold prediction is a McLaren podium. But for who? Chris Kamara. For- for Norris, obviously. I mean, Ricardo is a lovely chap, but he's not doing very well this season. Anyway, that's a, that's a, a story for another day. Uh, but I think Norris, podium, third or second, or maybe first. Fair enough. Joe, your bold prediction, place it. I'm going to say Ferrari are going to shock us all by still being fast on a non-street circuit. I reckon, I reckon that they'll, they'll surprise us. And so I'm going to say Charles Leclerc will finish top three in either qualifying or the race. That sounds interesting. I feel like we're going to all be wrong, and despite my sensible prediction being that it's going to be a boring race, something's going to happen, which means that George Russell is able to take his first points. I'm going to go there. I am. Like one of us does every week. Well, one of these weeks we're going to be right with that one and I really hope we exactly. are exactly we might as but, well yeah <laughs> yeah but I, I genuinely have a feeling that he's going to do it this time I do so we've not really set France up to be a thriller but as Joe did mention there we didn't do that with Spain and look what happened it was exciting so don't go away do come back and listen to what we have to say about the French Grand Prix. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, really enjoyed speaking to you as usual. Uh, this has been the AJ on the Line podcast, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix review, and it's been a pleasure. Well done, Baku. <laughs>